It may take two to finish it because I'm going to slow it down a little. But I just felt led of the Lord to talk about prayer. There's nothing, there's nothing more spiritual than prayer. Nothing more, nothing will get you there faster than prayer. You know, a lot of things we're doing in church today, we're praying. We are. We're praying. How many of you are talking to God their whole worship service? I am. I'm talking to God. Just because your hands are in the air doesn't mean you're not praying. The, everything we're doing today is prayer. We're talking to God. It's a little different than other ways we pray. But I really want to just focus on a hyper study on, on prayer and talking to Jesus. That's all it is, talking to Jesus. And I, I believe God's going to help us today. So let me just get right into it. God really does want to talk with us. He really does. God really does want a relationship with us. And the Bible is very clear about the topic of prayer. Humanity can talk to God and God can talk to humanity. It goes both ways. And no doubt, no doubt, there are moments when you feel like a weirdo when you start praying. <laughs> when you first start talking to God, you feel like you've done lost your mind. And a lot of times people won't do it in public. They do it in private. They're kind of like, so God, uh, if you're there, <laughs> that's how people start praying. They're like, Lord, if you're, if you're real. Or you start praying when you're going through all hell. And you're like, Jesus! Sometimes first people, they, they pray when they're going through all kinds of trouble. And they'll call out to Jesus. They don't even know how to pray. Figure it out real fast when you're in an emergency situation. Lord, help me! It's usually real fast. But usually people feel a little weird when they pray. They feel like they're talking to an imaginary friend. And they're like, is this even working? And how would I even know this is getting through? How do I even know God's listening? And so when you really learn to pray right, you feel a confirmation deep in your heart that your prayer is getting through. Because like the rain, as the moisture, the condensation goes up, you, the rain comes down. And if you can get it going upright, it will fall down on you. And the way that you know you've sent it upright is when it begins to pour out on you. And there is a confirmation to prayer. When you send it up the right way, I'm telling you, the glory of God begins to move and begins to fall down to you. And that's how you know it went up because eventually it comes down in a different form than what you gave up. Prayer is so key and it is the, the cornerstone we build our relationship with God. It's literally communication. And if you can't communicate with whoever you're trying to love, you're, it's not going to work out. And that's, that's why this younger generation is having a hard time with relationships because they text everything. They don't talk anymore. And, and talking is the way that you build relationships. Now you see people at restaurants on dates, both on their phone. Yeah. And I might get it if you've like been married 50 years, right? You may have run out of stuff to say. But if you're on a date, it's like this younger generation, we've lost the ability to just talk. But talking is so important. We've got to be able to know how to talk to God, and He wants to talk to us. We've got to be able to listen to God. The model prayer in Matthew 6 and 9 is the one that Jesus taught His followers to pray. It's the one we use as a foundation for prayer. Matthew 6 and 9, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And for the first time ever, it's amazing how you find new things reading the Bible, I noticed the word us 
and I noticed the word our, and I noticed that this was taught almost to be a communal prayer, almost to be a prayer of generics that we could all pray together. And so not only do I believe this is a model of prayer, I believe that there's something we can pray in unity. Even if you don't say the same words, we ought to be able to say it with the right spirit. And I think that's the reason why Jesus said, it's our Father. And, and this day, our daily bread. And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You are not alone in your walk with God. Some folks only have me and Jesus prayers. But Jesus said, we're going to pray together. We're going to have community prayer. And we're not all going to pray different. We're going to pray the same way. And that's important for our unity that we learn to pray the same way. So I want to look at it closely. Hallowed be thy name. Someone say, hallowed be thy name. This is when you begin with praising God, recognizing his holiness. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you go to God in prayer, you've got to know that your God is big enough. Your God is great enough. Your God can do anything. And he's worthy of the next 30 minutes to an hour that you're about to lift your voice. The reason why you're not praying very long is because you have not seen what I've seen. You have not seen the power and the majesty and the glory. And that's why the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You've got to get your magnifying glass out and you've got to look at him in a big way. You've got to zoom in on him and see that he's worthy of it, that he's great enough, that he's big enough and that whatever you're battling and whatever you're dealing with, God can provide it. God can make a way out of no way. Hallowed be thy name. That's a great way to start prayer. That's why when you start to worship God like this today, you, you turn into more, it gets deeper. Because the more you begin to praise Him and worship Him and, and talk about His goodness, the more you want to talk in tongues. The more you want to talk to Him in a deeper way. The more you want to say, let's just deal with this while I'm there. Because you begin to see God as closer, as larger. That's why praise sets the stage for a deep connection to God. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I want your will to be done. I want your purpose done. This is so important because I don't want my will to be done in prayer. I don't want, I don't want my will. Old Garth Brooks said it right when he said, thank God for unanswered prayers. About the most spiritual thing he's ever done in his whole life. But I'm thankful for that one. He wrote a song, or I don't know if he wrote it, but he sang it. Thank God for unanswered prayers. The things I thought I needed, but I didn't. I'm glad I didn't get them. Anybody glad for the prayers God said no to? Anybody look back over your life and you're like, so glad God ignored that one. Usually it's on somebody you liked and you wanted to marry. You check the Facebook 20 years later like, whoo, the Lord saved me. That could have been me. I, I say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. When you get the revelation that God is great, you can trust him that his will's better than your will. 
And when you begin to praise and worship God, and you see that he can be trusted, that he's got the whole world in his hands, that you can start to pray your purpose in my life, your kingdom come. You start to want what you find there to get up in your house, to get inside your marriage, to get inside your city, to get inside your church, and you begin to say, God, bring more of that kingdom. Bring more of that kingdom. I want what you've got going up there, down here. Thy kingdom come. I want more of your kingdom in my life. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've got to pray that to agree with God. Because God will not let his will be done if you don't want it to be done. God wants it to be done. That's why it's called God's will. It's God's desire for it to be done. You've got to open up and want it to be done. And when you agree with God, it is done done. When you begin to want the things that God wants for you, then it begins to manifest in your life. If you ever learn to start praying the things that God has for you, you'll start to get your prayers answered. But we pray so many prayers that are not God's will be done. I want your will to be done like it is in heaven. Let it be done in my life. And then give us this day our daily bread because I need you daily. I'm not talking about like a, like a sourdough. And, and now there's a research coming out saying that bread's not good for us, y'all. The devil is alive. <laughs> love me some bread. I love me some gluten. My wife's trying to get off of gluten, and I'm like, give me extra. I'll take her gluten. <laughs> give me the extra gluten. I need me some extra. I like that gluten. I've had both. One tastes like a stale cracker, that gluten-free stuff. I can't eat that stuff, man. <laughs> Matthew, I went to my mother-in-law's the other day. We were passing through, and she made her famous brownies. And I was like, oh, let's go. And so I went to the kitchen late at night. We got in late, and I scooped me up one of them brownies. And I was like, whoo, that's dry. And I was trying to be nice because all the family was there. And I looked at her, and I was like, uh, you changed recipe? She was like, no, it's gluten-free. I said, you changed the recipe. <laughs> I like that gluten, man. I don't know what it is. It might be killing me, but I like it. It's good. But see, whenever you're asking for daily bread, back in the Bible days, they didn't have all that drama that we have with our, our crops and all the genetics and all the messed up stuff. And that bread was a daily part of life. And they would eat that bread daily. And that's when you begin to pray. You, you have to admit with humility, I need something now, today. I cannot live off yesterday's YouTube message. I can't live off yesterday's prayer meeting. It's a revelation where I've got to have a move right now. I need to talk in tongues again. It was good yesterday. It's good today. I've got to have it just to get strength. I've got to have it just to push on. I need the sustenance from heaven in my spirit, man. How, how do you know you're not praying? How do you know you're not eating? tell when some of y'all hadn't had a meal in a while. Some of you married folks, you know if he, you know he skipped lunch when he comes home, huh? <laughs> banging the cups around and banging the dishes and just mad and short-tempered. He's like, are you hungry? I can tell you. You can tell people aren't praying. Y'all, this is not rocket science. You're, you're just not praying right. You're not praying every day. 
Your spirit's messed up. It's starving for something. That's why you want things in the world. That's why you want stuff out there. That's why you're craving things you shouldn't have because you're so empty inside. If you would understand, I need daily blessings from God. I need daily bread from God. I need everything every day you can give me. God wants us to depend on him daily. we got to pray. Everybody say every day, all day, every day. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, I still mess up. I still make mistakes. We always praying for someone we don't like first. But the order is this. Before I talk about my brother over here that I don't like, fix me. This is godly praying right here. Oh, we're going to get to them. Yeah, you ain't off the hook. You're gonna get, we're going to get to you, okay? We're going to get to the neighbor that's, that, that drove down my street all night in some kind of crazy machine with lights all over it keeping me awake. We're going to get to that guy, okay? But first, Lord, forgive my debts. Get, get, the, get the beam out of your own eye before you go messing with your neighbor's speck in their eye. If you learn to pray right, if you can figure this out, it will keep you humble. It's so much easier not to get mad and bitter at everybody when you realize that you can do the same thing. You've got the capacity to do the same thing. And then given the wrong circumstances, you might turn out just like everybody you hate. And that's why, that's why the Bible says this is how we pray. We say, Lord, I got issues I need worked out first. And it's amazing, Brother Matthew, whenever I start to work out my issues, I see my next set of prayers different. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I've been an idiot. I've been mean. I've had a bad attitude. It's like, so now that's out of the way. Thank you, Lord, for washing me. I needed all that. Now that brother of, is just like me. Probably had a bad day. Probably going through a tough time. May have lost his job. Maybe somebody talked trash about him. It's amazing how you pray differently, and that's why it's easier to forgive your debtors when you make sure you get yours first. When you see that you are a debtor, it's easier to forgive a debtor. When you realize that you can make mistakes too, it's easier to forgive somebody else. Look in the mirror when you pray, and it will be easier to forgive your daddy and your mama and everybody that hurts you and abuses you because you see you have the tendency to be the same. You know how it starts. Some of you didn't go as far as your parents, but you're on the way, and you've caught yourself. You see how you could be the monster. We've all been on the edge of being the monster. But when you look in the mirror and begin to pray, it's so much easier to say, now, I forgive you. I forgive them. Lord, I don't want them to suffer. I don't want them to be hurt. I care about those people that have hurt me. I've hurt people. I, I, I don't want this, the judgment that you're going to pour out on them to be the same as me. So, so let's all be forgiven and forgive each other. Lead us not into temptation. This is an acknowledgement that you're going to go through temptation. And God has the power to protect you during temptation. What's the point of praying, Brother Brandon, about temptation if we can't get victory over it? You will be tempted. But let me tell you what prayer time does. Prayer time gives you access to God's power to get you through temptation. If you will go to prayer when tempted, you don't have to fall to your temptation. It's very difficult to sit on that computer and watch that when you're praying to Jesus. You're either going to stop praying or turn it off. But when you begin to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, help me, I'm tempted, you never have to fall or fail or go into that sin because our Lord knows what it's like to be tempted and yet not sin. 
When you talk to him, you're talking to the temptation overcomer. You pray and you say, God, don't, don't, don't let this, this temptation overtake me. Help me, Lord, with my temptations. You don't have to sin if you'll have prayer, if you'll talk to God about it, and if you'll recognize you are being tempted. See, a lot of prayer is self-reflection. We don't even pray that way. We just assume we're not tempted. Yes, you are. If you learn to pray about your temptations, you won't have to always seek forgiveness. But we go to God and we say, God, now I did it again. Forgive me. Instead of saying, God, I'm tempted to do it again. If you will learn to involve God at the infancy stage of your temptation, you won't have to have something massive show up in your future that destroys everything. And so when you pray, you say, Lord, here are my temptations. Do not run from your temptations. Go head on to your temptations. Look them in the eye and say, I know what you're all about. You're trying to take me down. You're trying to tempt me. I'm turning this thing off. I'm deleting that app. I'm getting off that website. You ain't going to take me down. Lord, help me. Lead me not. into temp- Lead me not. Lead me away. Get me out of this thing. Run away from it. Hey, you, you flirt with temptations, you will fail. Some of y'all don't need a prayer meeting, you need to get away. Some of you don't need a prayer meeting, you don't need a Bible study, you need to run. Bible says, flee youthful lust. Stay away. We just need a good old prayer meeting for our young men. No, stay away. Stay away. Don't get close. Why? Because there's temptation, it's real, but if we'll talk about temptation, we never have to fall for it. Y'all, y'all right so far? This may be like an eight-part series. This, I'm slow today. I'm, my more, I'm like the first top of the first page. This is going to take a while. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Guess what? When you pray, no evil can destroy you. I feel like there's so much evil, Pastor. Evil everywhere. Then pray about it. Here's how you pray. Deliver me from evil. You feel that? You feel that? You get in your prayer closet, you feel like all hell's breaking loose in your family, and you go to God and say, deliver me from the evil. I will not be held hostage to the evil. The evil is present. The evil is here, but not on me. I'm free of evil. In the name of Jesus, deliver us from evil. What we do, we say, There ain't no evil. I'm, I'm pure. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I got no battles. You're lying. Pray fast. Be a pastor. That devil will show up at night, look you in the eyeballs in your bed, and say, I've come to kill everybody in your family. But you go to prayer and say, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Get this evil out of here. And you can have deliverance from evil. And when you pray every day, no evil can't get you. Every day you're going to pray that. Every day. Deliver us from evil. I'm under attack, God, but I know you can protect me. I know I'm going to be fine. Some of y'all start to collapse in a mental uh, stress and you go snapping anxiety and all that. You know why? Because you're letting your mind just listen to that evil nonstop. You're letting that temptation spin and you refuse to pray about it. But if you would take it to God and begin to declare authority over the evil, it will stop. It will cease. The chains will break. You can do this. 
We just sit there and we let it crumble. We let it take over. We let the darkness come in. We just, we just say, well, I'll just be strong for this one. Maybe it'll go away. No, you've got to pray in the name of Jesus, uh, and you've got to pray against the evil for deliverance. Don't lead us in temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's a difference right there. That's a different kind of prayer right there. Hey, this, you gotta, you have to say evil is a different level than temptation. I'm not just talking about don't lead me. That sounds cute, like a little shepherd with a little sheep. Okay, oh, don't lead me. But when it comes to evil, it's like you got to get me out. I need your hand right now to come down here and pluck me out of this thing because this stuff is so, so thick. It's so, it's so wrong. It's so strong. It's so bad. I need you to deliver me. I need a deliverer from evil. Hey, your temptations, you can, you can lead away from them, but you can't lead away from evil. Evil will walk up through your door. Evil will walk up through your, your sheetrock. Evil will look you in the face, and, and you don't even want it to be there. Evil's a whole other level. You've got to learn you need deliverance when evil comes knocking. You don't just need to get away from it. You need deliverance. But you can get deliverance. Somebody say, I can get deliverance. You can get deliverance. And then this is how we close it out, according to the model prayer. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The kingdom belongs to you, God. You're all powerful. You deserve the glory, and you will always deserve it uh, no matter what. Amen. Let it be done. Let it be so. We close out with another declaration that everything I've just prayed for, everything I've just sought God for, God, I want to walk out of this moment seeing you high and lifted up, and you're on the throne, and you're the king of kings. You deserve all the glory. We end it even with more praises. We come into prayer with praise. We, we leave with praise. So, to summarize, your prayer time should include His praise. It will include your purpose. It will include requests for your needs daily. It will include a look in the mirror and repentance for any sin or ungodliness in your life. It'll include laying down the hurts from everybody else that's hurt you. It'll include requests for spiritual strength and victory over the enemy. And it will end again in praise. But it matters how we pray. And that's why Jesus gave us a structure. Because structure requires discipline and submission. What the Lord showed me about the model of prayer and the reason why he made it so specific is because some of us like to pray like an artist. Casual. It's just my heart talking to God. It's just, I just have this feeling, I just want to say it. Y'all, people like that are praying what they're, they're the God. When you pray without a model, you're not in submission. I'm not saying repeat it, that's why it says similar to this. But when you're in charge of what you say to God, you're the God. You don't get to pray the way you want to. That's why some of our prayers aren't working. Because we want to approach God the way we want to approach God. But the Bible tells us we must pray a certain way. We must do this a certain way. And if you can't pray a certain way, then God's not going to receive you. I just like to talk to God the way I want to talk to God. You shouldn't tell me how to talk to God. It needs to be real from my heart. Your heart should be submissive to God. And I, I think sometimes we just like to, to just kind of say a few things the way we want to say them, and we miss over the things God wants us to deal with. And we call it a good prayer meeting. Well, let's just be honest. You probably were just saying, 
Jesus, Jesus, Lord, help me. I just feel like telling you, God, that going through a tough time. Amen. That's not the model. You're not going to find solutions in that kind of praying. Repeating yourself with vain repetitions is not going to make a difference. There's a flow to prayer. But the Mangan, a powerful man of God, he prays the tabernacle plan. It's a systematic way to walk from my flesh into the holiest of holies. There's a way to pray that is right and a way that is wrong. And we've got to stop trying to be the God in prayer and say, how do you want me to approach you? How do you want me to talk to you? What do you want me to say? Look at the theme of prayer. It's all about his will. When you're really praying right, you're you're praying his will. And when you're really in the spirit, you're praying his desires, not your desires. So the structure is good. And when you're new to prayer, follow the guide and then let it develop and fit you where you're at, your maturity level. But follow the guide that Jesus set out. You don't know what else to say? Follow the guide. But get the spirit behind it and not the law. Some religious groups quote just the scripture and never really let it sink in. How many times have we, have we been around religious people? They just all quote it together and they're like, amen. Did you even mean what you said? Did you really forgive your debtors because you were fighting on the way home? Anybody can quote it, but we've got to pray it. We've got to mean it from our heart. Let's go to the next section. These are prayers for pleasure. James 4 and 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and you covet and you cannot obtain what you're looking for. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you just simply don't ask. Yo, we, we, there, there's such an easy way to get peace in your life, and it's coming through prayer. We fight for stuff, and we miss church to make the money when you could just come to church and make the money. We, we step over stuff that God wants us to do. We fight and we war and we, we get scared and we have to have this and have that. But, but the, the James is saying in the scripture here, you just got to ask for stuff. I'm a good father. A good father who gives good gifts to his children. But we have a lust for earthly things and we're mad at God all the time. Because look at verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. That word pleasures is your lust, your fleshly desires, your selfish desires. We pray for fleshly things and we're mad because God never answers our prayer. I tried prayer, Pastor, and God's never answered it because you keep asking for a Lamborghini. Over your marriage getting right. I mean, maybe the Lamborghini will come. You give me one, I'll sell it. <laughs> you give me a Rolex. Some of these preachers get these Rolex. I'm like, I'm going to sell it. <laughs> so I ain't wearing it. $30,000 watch. We're going we're gonna to go build a church in Brazil or something with that watch. But we're going to do something with that watch. But these people that are, that are asking for, for carnal things, they're, they're like, God, where are you? And I'm like, you're not praying God's will. 
So James is teaching them that you're praying for selfish things and you're trying to be spiritual, but God's not answering your prayer because you want it. And, and you, watch this, y'all. You may try to pretend it's for a spiritual reason, but God knows your heart. Lord, I need a, I need a brand new bass boat because I want to help minister to brothers in the church who need to have time with me on the lake. I just really care about your kingdom. If you just give me a $100,000 bass boat, I'll take Brother Edgar fishing. And me and him are going to just get so close. And we're going to bond and it'll save his soul, Jesus. And deep in your heart, deep in your heart, deep in your heart, God's looking at you like, is that the only reason you want it? And if you keep digging and you keep asking, eventually like, well, Lord, really, I, if Edgar couldn't make it, I'd still go fishing. <laughs> you call Edgar right before he goes to work in the morning. Edgar, you ready to go fishing? I got to work, Pastor. You know that. Oh, well, too bad. I'm going fishing. I tried, Jesus. It's amazing how we can come across so spiritual in our prayer time. And God can read your heart. Nothing's breaking through. Nothing's getting through. Well, God, bless my business. God, bless my money. Bless my job. You know, if you did, I'd give more. And God's like, but you don't now. And it's amazing how we talk like that. And we say spiritual things, but deep inside, we know we've got an agenda. You can't trick God in prayer. If you're not meaning it from the bottom of your heart, then it's pointless. You're wasting your time. You can fool me or somebody else, but you can't fool God. You just might as well say, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. Watch this. If you'll pray that way and live that way, don't be surprised if God won't give you a boat. Because now he can trust you with it. Because now God knows if he tells you to get rid of it, you will. Yeah. And God might even give you one for free. God might give you it half off. But when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, these other things will be added unto you. When you prove to God you're legitimate and you're serious and you're in all the way, then God's like, hey, I'll let you have a little blessing. Because now I trust you. This thing will not take you away from me. Prayers for pleasure. Be careful. Be careful praying for pleasures. The pleasure is in the joy of the Holy Ghost. The pleasure is having your family all around you and the house is quiet and peaceful. The pleasure is whenever you know God's hand is on you. The pleasure is when you go out to the homeless ministry and you're loving on people in Austin. That's the pleasure. That's the real pleasure. That's what the rich folks don't have and they're looking for. That's what people are broken and looking for. That's the pleasure. Biblical examples of Cecil praying. Jesus often prayed alone and in small groups, Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he just ministered to them. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Watch this. He just spent himself in ministry. He goes and reloads in prayer. If Jesus had to do it, so do we. You cannot always give out. I'm talking to mamas right now. I'm talking to daddies right now. I'm talking to ministers right now. You cannot always give out 
and not get back in. Every one of your daily schedules needs to have a time where you go get alone with God and say, let me replenish all of the ministry that I gave out for my children and for my coworkers and for my, my nurses you're managing and all the drama you're at and on the work site and job sites and, and, and wherever you are, you've got to replenish it. That's why you're burned out because you're always giving and you're never taking anything from God. So now it matters how often you pray and that you refill your bucket. And if you're busy and everybody's taking from you, you've got to have prayer. No such thing as burnout. There's just simply not being refilled. You're empty. That's what it is. And so Jesus showed us in a pattern, Mark 6:46, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. I, I've got to have my mountain time, okay? Sorry. I, I, I'll work with you in the valley, but I've got to go get in the mountain for myself. If you can have mountain time, then you can have valley time. But if you lose your mountain time, you won't survive your valley time. People in the valley need you to have your mountain time. And anybody still in your mountain time is going to eventually going to lose themselves. And your family tries to pull you. Let me just minister to you right now real good. Your family tries to take your last drop of energy. You let the devil lie to you and say, if you loved them, if you were a Christian, you let them deplete you. But if you have nothing left, you have nothing to give. Now you're going to sink with your family. And who's going to help your family when you sink with them? I don't care how mad they get. Let them have a season of mad so you can go to your mountain and pray. Because you can put up with those crazy people in your family once you get your mountain time prayer. You can come back down that thing and have peace and, peace and patience and all kinds of, of good stuff to offer. But if you don't have your mountaintop prayer time, you will lose your ministry ability. And those around you will be in trouble. And now watch this. Now you're living with folks that are always in trouble. You have to get yours. Somebody say, I got to get mine. I preached a message one time. It's okay to get yours. If you feel like you're depleted, and I'm talking, I'm lingering right now because this is a society that goes too much, goes too fast, and never takes a break. God had to make it a law to take a day off because we're so crazy. Y'all hearing me? Stop working on Sundays. Give a day of rest in the Holy Ghost. Stop it. God wants us to trust in him with the other six days. You need your mountaintop experiences. I'm telling you, God will bless those six days. If you will just get some rest, get your mountaintop time. Boy, it bothers me when people miss church. It bothers me when people miss church for, for things as innocent as deer hunting and fishing. And, and, and I'm going again. And I'm going again. And I'm going again. And I'm like, I, it doesn't sound like sin, but you need your mountaintops. I've seen people backslide doing non-carnal, non-sinful things. Nothing wrong with golf. Well, it is whenever you miss your mountain over it. I just need to go get, I just need to detox. You need a prayer meeting. If I could just get out in the woods, I'd feel better. Your woods are your God. What you going to do when you can't get your woods? What you going to do when you can't get your golf clubs? 
What you going to do when the whole world shuts down and you don't get to have all those, those pleasures of life? You're gonna be, you better hope you know how to pray. You better hope you know how to go into a prayer closet and pray until you shake something, until all that hell falls off of you and you walk out of that prayer room and you feel the glory of God on you and you feel like you're ready to get back in the fight. And this city needs people that have mountaintop experiences alone with God. Everybody needs to be alone with God every now and then. You know why it's good to be alone with God? I'm just kind of flowing in this right now. It's good to be alone with God because you need to learn how to talk to him when no one's around. You need to learn, you need to, learn to love him when no one's watching. You need to find out for yourself that you're really a Christian when nobody's there behind your back getting accolades or video and you putting on Facebook. You need to do some stuff with nobody knows about it. We will know about it because when you come down the mountain, your face shall shine like the glory of God and your countenance will be different just like in the Bible. We will know you've been on the mountain when you come down from prayer and your glory and the power and the anointing of God is on I just want everyone to know that I'm spiritual. They will. We're going to know. Some of y'all, you wouldn't be here if you hadn't had prayer life. Some of the hell some of y'all face, you wouldn't be in church if you didn't have prayer life. We know some of y'all are praying. You've got to be praying. So everybody say mountaintops. Luke 6 and 12, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. He continued all night in prayer. All night in prayer. But I gotta get my sleep. Not more than you need your peace. Jesus prayed all night. You ever been there before? I've been there before. Tossing and turning, praying God. Most of my prayers was God, let me go to sleep. But I prayed. I prayed and I'd seek God and I'd wrestle. And I pray, but in those moments, that's more important than sleep. That's more important. You need, to get a, you need to get a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. And there were times when he would go to the mountain and pray, and he'd pray all night in prayer. Sometimes it takes a while to get filled back up. The more you give, the more you need to pray. The more you want to give, the more you need to pray. If you want to be a giver, you want to be a minister, go into prayer and get something downloaded to your spirit and then go give it, go give it away to somebody. God, I don't have anything to offer. You don't pray. What comes first, the ministry or the prayer? The prayer comes first. Steady prayer gives you something to give away. Your spirit gets right. That's why it's good every now and then just to pause and go pray. Come back, talk about it later. You have a little problem in your marriage, you got a little problem with somebody, say, let's just pray about it. We'll come back after prayer. And if you really pray, you'll see things differently. It's amazing how it changes the atmosphere. When there's a fight going on, somebody's not praying. Either both or one is not praying. Right? Luke 9 and 28, now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. Then he started taking brothers up the mountain to pray. Teach them what it's all about. So there are times that you're not the only one on the mountain. There are times you're praying with others because you're trying to teach them how to have mountaintop experiences. So not only will you have your daily prayer, I hope I'm not boring anybody today talking about prayer. It's really a whole lot more exciting than some of y'all think. I'm talking about mountaintop experiences with God that you can't get in praise. Yeah. But there are times not only are you praying alone on your mountaintop, but you're taking people with you. And you're going to say, watch this. 
you ain't never seen anything like this before. <laughs> We're about to throw down the four of us. We're about to pray in the Holy Ghost, and it don't matter how late it is. We're about to pray if it just if it takes all night. Hey, Peter, James, and John, you ain't never seen what you're about to see. Go read the Bible. Read the times they saw things on the mountaintop. Oh, uh, we got to get on the mountain. Everybody say we got to get on the mountain. Let me let me let me finish up today's part. Jesus prays, and not only does he pray, but he overcomes temptation. We talked about that earlier, temptation. In Luke 22 and 40, when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray to protect yourself from temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and he prayed. This is what he prayed. This is how Jesus prayed during during the choice of the cross, during the, the choice of taking the cup of sin, drinking it, and dying for our sins, this is the backdrop for Jesus' prayer. If, you really, if you're really in trouble, read this. This will teach you how to get out of great temptation. He's in the garden. He's with his, his disciples, and he's praying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Because as a man, we do not want to go through suffering and sacrifice and pain. And he was looking at the suffering of the cross. And he began to pray, Father, if it's your will, I prefer to take a different road than suffering. Wouldn't we all pray? Don't we all pray that way? Every one of us prays this way because we don't desire to be hurt. But when you don't desire to be hurt, you still have to throw the words in if it's your will. Because in this scenario, if you don't get hurt, you don't resurrect. And so while it may hurt for a season, you'll miss out on the glory, power, and victory of a resurrection. That's why when you pray, you don't pray against pain. Because what you'll receive through the pain will be far greater than the pain. Jesus was praying, I'd like to get around this, but if we've got to do it, we've got to do it. Take the cup away, but nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. Then look what happens. An angel in verse 43 appears to him from heaven and strengthens him. Y'all, this, this really probably has never jumped out to me before, but can you imagine you're about to die on that cross, the fear? Can you imagine the suffering that you're thinking about taking? And now, because he asked God for help with the temptation, with the choice, and he said, but nevertheless... I'm going to go and I'm going to feel the pain. God sent an angel to come and strengthen him. Y'all know what an angel is? An angel is a supernatural power. An angel is when you think you won't be able to go through with it. The angel says, yes, you will. An angel is sent to give you the power beyond human ability. Power beyond your ability. You will make it through Jesus because I've got an angel with you that's going to hold you up, strengthen you, push you, take you. 
I didn't know it in this way, but I feel the glory of God right now in this place. That when you learn how to pray, God sends angelic hosts to give you supernatural power. How did he do it, Brother Brandon? He did it with an angel beside him saying, go, I got you. You can take it. You can take the nails. You can take the thorns. You can take the spitting and the cussing. An angel is with you. Nothing can stop the angels. The angels have power. The angels have the power. Nothing can stop the angels. Uh, he did, Jesus did not get angels uh, to, stop the, to stop them from taking him. Remember that? Uh, remember that? He told the disciples, uh, he said, I can call down angels uh, and I can stop this from taking place. But when God, does not, whoo, when God does not send an angel to stop it from happening, he sends an angel to get you through it. God may not have sent the angel the way you wanted. God may not have sent the angel when you prayed. He may not have stopped the suffering. He may not have stopped the pain. He could have, but he didn't. But listen to what he will do. If you say, God, let your will be done and not mine, he'll let the angels walk with you and escort you through all hell that you're going through. That's why I pray your will be done. That's why I pray I don't care what it looks like, how bad it is. I know that God's going to make a way for me. I know that God's going to make a way. God's going to split the sea. God's going to make a way for me. God will send the angels to support me. No matter what you're going through right now, learn to pray. Because prayer meetings bring angels. Prayer meetings find solutions for things you just can't escape. You think, what, what's good prayer going to do? What, I, I, I still have to die on the cross. Yeah, you're right. You couldn't pray your way out of that one, could you? There are some things, Brother Andrew, you can't pray your way out of. And for those moments, God can send you supernatural power to get you through it. Do not quit praying when you're facing the worst decision of your life. Do not quit praying just because God said, you ain't going to be able to escape this one. Keep praying because it could be that God will send you a powerful, militant angel with a flaming sword that nothing can stop you, that no devil can take you down, that nothing you feel like quitting, you'll keep going. It's amazing how it's not me. It's the help from God. It's not me. It's the help from God. I shouldn't be able to take this. I shouldn't be able to drink this. I shouldn't be able. But the angel's with me. There's strength from heaven. How many of you have ever felt the angel show up? I'm talking to people right now. You can testify because you know it wasn't in your power. It was. Well, I feel the Lord right now talking to somebody. You've been there before. You've been on the surgery table. You've been in the doctor's office. And a supernatural strength came over you. And you said it's going to be all right. I still don't like the news, but I feel stronger now. I feel help coming. I feel like God is with me. I feel like it's going to be okay. It's amazing when you pray. Lift your hands and let's love the Lord together right now. Yeah. It's time for the church to pray again. Not to pray out of trouble, but to pray we get through trouble. 
It's time for the church to understand the access we have to the supernatural realm when we begin to get on our face and call in the name of Jesus and pray on the mountaintops and the midnight hours. We've got power and authority in prayer. God hears you even when the answer is no. God hears you even when you don't get your way. God is with you. Look, if I can't if I can't get if I can't get past this any other way, at least send me an angel. Oh God. Angels can get you through jail cells. Angels can get you through all kinds of hell. Angels can get you through all kinds of marriage problems. Angels can be sent to minister to you and keep you strong when you feel like your mind's about to snap. God will send an angel to protect you. I'm telling you, we've got so much power access to us because we go to God in prayer and we trust Him to rescue us, to take us through, to bless us. Let the church learn how to pray and talk to Jesus. It seems so simple, doesn't it? It seems so pointless, doesn't it? What good is going to come from just talking to God? What good is going to come from this, God? What is this waste of time? I could be, I could be finding another way. I could be, I could be finding an option around the cross. Do I have to die? Really? And we start to think about other ways we can do this without trusting in Him. But prayer forces you to be humble, submissive, broken. Not my will be done. Thy will be done. And if you'll hang on three days, you'll come back out of that hell with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Trust God's process. Trust God's plan. Because if you'll hang in a little longer, you'll rise up in authority over the thing that tried to take you down. Prayer will get you through it. Prayer will take you through it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. Praise God. I love you. Does anybody else feel like just talking to the Lord today? Anybody else just feel faith today that God is listening to your words today? God is listening to us. God wants us to involve him. God wants us to talk to him. Come on, our battles are spiritual, and that's what you're at right now. You're in the spirit realm. You don't need to lift up anything physically. You need to go ahead and go to prayer. You can't fight this with a real gun, a real sword. you got to go into prayer. What you're facing right now is supernatural. It's real. It's heavy. It's coming against you. But you've got an answer for those things. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Those things are in prayer. In the realm of the invisible, we have power in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody want to pray today? Let's get the prayer warriors to come up here right now. We're about to pray. We're about to shake this place in the name of Jesus. Anybody want to learn how to pray? Let's climb up on the mountain together right now in Jesus' name. We're going to climb a mountain together in this place before we leave. And God, I'm telling you, we're going to, we're going to rock this foundation in the name of Jesus. I believe angels are going to minister in this house today. I believe we're going to unlock a ministry of angels that are going to move in this house before we leave. And I believe strength is going to come in this place. And you might not get the answer out of it, but God, I'm telling you, God's going to give you supernatural power to get through it. God's going to give you power in prayer. Power in prayer. Hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost trying to move us into deep prayer, into deep prayer. Somebody get bold and begin to declare it in the name of Jesus. There is now, therefore, no temptation that can overtake us. When we begin to pray in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, you will overcome it. You will break through it. The chains will fall off of you when you begin to pray in the name of Jesus. What is attacking your family right now? What's against your mind right now? Just trust that God will come through for you. Woo, hallelujah. 
in the name of Jesus, I declare it. But first, God, I rise up and praise you. You're a mighty God. You're a big God. You're a, you're a water-walking God. You're a God that breaks chains. You're a God that has power over the devil. I praise you, Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You are holy. You're a righteous. You're omnipotent. You're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. I come before you, God, with boldness right now. I come before your throne with boldness right now. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's how we pray. That's how we pray. There's always a little bit of praise in your prayer. There's always a little bit of praise in your prayer. And when you start to praise Him, then you can trust Him and you say, Thy kingdom come on down, Jesus. You start saying, Not my will, God. Thy will be done. Nevertheless, whatever you want to do, let it happen, let it happen, let it happen. Whatever you want to do, let it happen. I'm for you. I'm with you. Use me, Jesus. Talk to me, Jesus. Send me, Jesus. I will go. You can use my voice. You can use my feet. You can use my hands. But let the kingdom flourish. Let the kingdom be prosperous. Come on, it's time to have purpose now. When you pray, you find your purpose. You find your call. You find your, your daily agenda. Now, God, give me what I need today. I mean, right now, God, you know. Give me the calories to burn in the Holy Ghost to get me through the day. Come on, get me full of the Holy Ghost right now. This is when you begin to have the bread of life come and, and fill you up. What happens when you get full of bread? You begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives you the ability. Go ahead and eat. Fulfill yourself. It ain't wrong. You're not selfish. Go ahead and eat. Go ahead and pray and say, God, fill me up in the Spirit. Come on, it's not wrong for you to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit fills you up. And God fills every one of you. And God begins to fill the house where we're sitting. And God fills us up. You begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the ability. It's a sign of being topped out. Full to capacity. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Come on, you're empty, get full. You came to church empty, get full. Come on, I know you like food. You wouldn't, you wouldn't turn a buffet away. Right now the Holy Ghost is pouring out on us. All you got to do is open up. Leave full. This is no replacement for tomorrow. This is no replacement for tomorrow. This is just for right now. I got to be full. Come on, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Lay it at the altar right now. Put your burdens down. Put your depression down. Put your weights down. And let God fill you up right now all across this house. Whatever got you down before now, go ahead and get filled up. Come on, fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Oh, God, fill me up. Take out. I'm taking out what's wrong. I'm putting in your spirit, your will, God. Anybody else feel like you're getting something from heaven right now? Come on, you're, you're, the, you're the loser when you won't let God fill you up. Nobody else. What a tragedy to have God filling us up. Just wait on the Lord. He'll fill you up. Oh, fill me up, God. Oh. Now, God, I got temptations, and I need you to help me with them, God. 